0: Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. One by one, we will be spoiling the episode we are discussing and previous episodes we've talked about on the podcast, but we will remain spoiler-free of details from future episodes. I'm Jason, and apparently, in order to be a guest star on this episode, you also have to have
1: been on Star Trek Enterprise. Mm Mm-hmm and i am harrison and even though this is the second time we've recorded this intro due to technical difficulties i still haven't come up with a different joke jason what episode are we watching today
0: we are watching season 3 episode 12 helpless this is the one where the watchers council brings their male patriarchal bullshit to sunnydale huh
1: yes they do <laughs> Helpless was written by David Fury and directed by James A. Cotner and originally aired on January nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. It's a lot of nineteens and nines in uh, in this.
0: Hey, man, that's what you get at the end of a at the end of a century. You get mm-hmm. lots of nines. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, uh, and at the end of a millennium. There you go. Yeah, I know how. Suns go around planets. No, wrong planets go around suns. <laughs> no, I got it right. I got it right at the end. Anyway, all right. Mr. Play
0: Geocentric. By
1: the, <laughs> the goddamn <laughs> Speaking of Geocentricism. Can I tell you a story real quick? Just as long as it doesn't end with you being geocentric. It, it doesn't end with me being geocentric necessarily. Uh-oh. Um, so, um, there was, uh, a restaurant here in Louisville, uh, called Morales. Um, it has unfortunately closed, but, um, it was, a uh, it was a really good, uh, it was a vegan restaurant and, um... I I am not personally vegan, but I don't mind eating vegan food if it's really good. And Morel's food was really good. Um, And John and I went there for lunch one time. And uh, a friend of ours, Mark, um, uh, Mark Corley, actually, who did our uh, our logo, um, he worked there at the time. And we were having lunch. And there was these people sitting at a table near us. And I remember they had, like, a globe and, like, some maps. And they were having, like, really intense discussions. But I could only get, like, pieces Sorry, and I, bits of I, it. I'm still
0: trying to picture the type of person who would bring a
1: globe to a restaurant. <laughs> it was, like, a group. And they were, like, clearly, like, having, like, like a meeting. Um, of what? <laughs> well, I'll get oh, there. Oh, uh, So, I'm hearing them talking about, like... Well, yeah, but the drones just keep getting shot down. And, well, of course NASA's lying to us. That's all they do. And I was... I I just had these suspicions about what (laughs) they were talking about. But, you know, I I, I wasn't getting... hearing everything. So finally, you know, we were paying and we're leaving. And our friend who worked there was like, So, um, the people sitting near you, were they having kind of an, an interesting conversation? And I was like, yes... Are they, and he was like, yes, they are a local flat earther group who come here, like, once a week to, like, meet. (laughs) And I was just like, I, it blew my mind. Like, I knew those people existed, but... I not in our not in my town. <laughs> um, so and apparently they would like all go have lunch at this specific restaurant every week to like discuss flat earth. Um, so anyway, that has nothing to do with this uh, this episode of Buffy. I-, I just want but... to say,
0: like, it-, it may sound insensitive, like bragging on them. And here's the thing. No. Don't like, don't don't um harsh on somebody because of their beliefs, unless those beliefs are in direct contradiction to facts. Like yes. even religion, like a lot of the things about religion is that it answers the questions that we can't. But the Earth is not flat. There is yep. so so much evidence that. It is not flat,
1: and no evidence that it is, and that's. Yeah, ugh. no, I agree. I am, ve- I am, I am a person who very much is of the belief that, like, yes, respect everyone's opinions, but I have no tolerance for people who deny science. Yeah, it's um, because because that's fucking dangerous. I mean, we're living in a world where we can't leave our goddamn homes because people are denying fucking science. So, and I do, I do blame people like fucking flat earthers for, for shit like that. Flat
0: earthers, uh, anti-vaxxers. Like yeah, that is, it's, yeah, that, that's, it's all bullshit. that shit's not
1: cool. And if, sorry. And if you're listening right now and you are one of those people and you're like, well, fuck you, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> I, uh, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, Jason, what are you drinking? <laughs> So I'm actually
0: having a a paradox here. Um, I'm drinking a Boddington's Pub Ale, which is a uh, renowned British uh, beer, but I'm drinking it in a Sam Adams Boston Lager glass, so Uh it's like I've got an American Revolution going on in
1: my hand here. (laughs) How long have you been sitting on that joke? Harrison, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I am drinking. Uh, it is a a gin and tonic, but with a twist. <laughs> um, so John found this recipe the other day, um, and it's so it's just a regular gin and tonic, which is you know, gin and tonic. Um, you don't say. But it, he's also mixed in a syrup that he's made um, from lime. Lime juice, cucumbers, and mint. Um, And it's it's extremely refreshing. Like it's a really nice like hot summer day drink. Okay. Um, And I am like halfway through it already because uh, listeners, uh, Jason and I just sat here for like an hour while I tried to get all my shit working, and I ultimately did not. (laughs) Um, so, so listeners, if I sound a little off this week, it is because I am currently using, instead of my microphone that I bought and paid for to do this, um, I'm using a, uh, uh, um, the microphones on a, on a headphone to, uh, to record because my husband's computer, like Audacity, just like wouldn't record, And my new laptop doesn't have a USB drive because Apple does that fucking shit now. So it's long story short, I'm... This is, we've had tef- technical difficulties to get, get us here. Yeah, this, yeah, and
0: you guys are hearing some premium content right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if we had a Patreon, we'd have like, this is the stuff that you would get like at a certain tier, like, oh, hear, hear recordings of our frustrations while we, <laughs> while we try to figure out our equipment failure. Yep. Um
1: uh, uh yeah, but- this is the first like really bad equipment failure I think we've had in a while though. <laughs> like I feel like we're pretty lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um but you know what? So, let's
0: let's talk about helpless.
1: I I have to do a toast first. You do have to do a toast. I'm sorry. So I mean don't don't apologize. I was the one who went on a rant. <laughs> um here's to technology. It is useful. Cheers! Cheers!
0: <laughs> it's like when people. All right. It's like a. I had a friend who would talk about like um. Uh, he would like buy uh, Rolling Rock a lot because it was like a, it was really cheap, and we were poor college students, and he's like. And, and Rolling Rock's pretty good for cheap. Yeah, and he's life. like, but he's like, hey, it's Rolling Rock.
1: It's beer. I'm like, <laughs> yep, that should be
0: their slogan.
1: It's beer. That's. I mean, I had a Rolling Rock, what was it, for gingerbread, I think? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we had. <laughs> um.
0: Um, but you know what? Let's talk about Helpless. Are we good to talk about Helpless
1: now? Let's talk about some sexy fighting.
0: Um, so I want to start, before we like even get into the episode, I do want to say, I forgot how hard this episode is to watch. Not not because it's bad, it's really, really good. But mm-hmm. it's just like it breaks my heart. Like yeah. it is Yeah. It's like Do you remember like this scene in Innocence when Buffy doesn't know that Angel has lost his soul and she's like laying her heart out for him and he's just like making it seem like useless crap. Um and just breaking your heart. This is like a whole episode of that. Like how yeah. I felt during that scene, um, and uh, I love it. I love the way that David Fury can make me just feel like shit, and, and I walk away thinking like that was a good experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm ruined. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, um, sexy fighting uh, with picnic, with a picnic set up. Yep. Um, this is this is a weird scene.
1: And uh so can I, can I real quick get our, get our Hamilton thing out of the way? Okay. Okay. So this episode is called Helpless, which is a song in, uh, Hamilton, which we joked about last week, but then also just this past week, um, the Hamilton movie was released. The song that comes directly after helpless is satisfied is satisfied <laughs> and do you know what B- one of buffy's first lines in this episode is she after they finish their like yeah. sexy training fight she just goes satisfied and i was like whoa <laughs> a she said satisfied in an episode called helpless you know that uh, lin-manuel miranda is a huge
0: buffy fan i'm just gonna say that like he's such dope. a nerd it has to be
1: he is A couple years back, he did a watch. This uh, actually pre Hamilton, um, when uh, uh, he was really only known for in the Heights. Yeah, Um, he did a watch of Buffy and like tweeted about it as he went along. (laughs) And I, I was like, uh, because I think it was right after I had like gotten into Buffy, and so I was just like, yeah, yeah. So yes, he uh, he is a um, he is a Buffy fan. (laughs) There is also a Twitter account called uh, Hamilton in Sunnydale. Yeah, I love that. Which one. Uh, it's really good. It just takes screenshots from Buffy uh, and captions them with lyrics from Hamilton and they do a really good job of making them like really appropriate yep. for the screenshot that they've chosen. Uh, beware of spoilers, of course, if you're if you're spoiler free, but um, but uh, but yeah. So Yeah, um, uh, uh,
0: Buffy, yeah, so Buffy and Angel are fighting and, uh... Sexy. I, I like, the, I like the, the cinematography of this, because, like, it it just starts off on, like, this really nice, laid-out picnic, and then, um... And then it's just like, oh, hey, Buffy and Angel fighting. And, yep. um... They, uh... <laughs> like, she grabs, like, one of the baguettes and, like, uses that as, like, a pretend steak, and... <laughs> it's like, oh, I gotcha. Satisfied. <laughs>
1: um... So, yeah, so... And then she's like, but not satisfied, like, satisfied.
0: Yeah, and then, like, Angel makes it weird. And uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if satisfied's the right word
1: I would use. Uh, but Oh, well, let's just read straight from the wiki real quick. It quickly becomes awkward as Angel's words inadvertently remind them of their sexless relationship. <laughs> <laughs> never change, Buffy wiki, never change. Oh, uh...
0: But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, Buffy's, uh, as, as, uh, hinted at in Gingerbread, Buffy's birthday is coming up, and it's, like, the coming weekend, Angel asks if she's doing anything, and then, like, (laughs) very smoothly asks if she's, has a date, and, oh my god, this is what Buffy says, like, oh, I do have a date. Yeah, you could say that he's very handsome. He's a very handsome older man who likes it when I call him Daddy. And and Angel may have, like, thought, oh, she's talking about her father. But I'm like, the fuck, man? (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I refer to myself as Daddy quite frequently. But
1: that's just weird for me. It, it is kind of weird, but I do like that there is, you know, you know, the, um, the meme of like the, the white woman with the, the math, like yeah floating around her. it. There is like a brief second where Angel, like, is that meme in <laughs> math. before in. <laughs> he's like, you mean your father? And she's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's a, uh, she's going
0: to an ice show with mm-hmm. Hank Summers. You know, everybody As we
1: learned back in season two, Buffy loves ice skating and it's actually
0: really funny um that you don't really uh you don't really find it out until angel but this isn't like a huge spoiler but angel's actually a huge fan of hockey um oh yeah i forgot about that one of the reasons is because it's one of the few sports that's always played indoors
1: so and at night yeah well it's not always played at night oh well that's the reason angel gives well no like it's indoors so he doesn't have to worry about the sun. Right. But doesn't he also say, like, at night... Or is it another character? I don't know. I think it might
0: be another thing, but I just remember... Anyway, like, Angel likes hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and Buffy likes ice skating. And I like how her, like, fangirl aspect of, of that of that part of her character just really comes out of this. Like, when she talks about Brian
1: Boitano, and mm-hmm. it's... And, like, the souvenir programs and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very, um... It, it's... I love it because it is just it's nice to see Buffy excited about something that she's really passionate about but it also it is relevant to this episode of like you know Buffy kind of questioning what if I have to be a normal girl what does that leave me And, and also
0: like the fact that all of that is built up like how much she loves it is uh, it just makes like a later scene hit so much harder um mm-hmm. But let's not get to that just yet. Um, let's uh, talk about uh, Giles in the library, because
1: where else would he be? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and he, the only set he's allowed in. He's got
0: a he's got a bunch of uh, got a bunch of rocks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. So I, just... like, I, I I said that, and I immediately thought of um, of Breaking Bad. When uh, oh. <laughs> when Marie just like he, he, just keeps asking Hank and like what are you doing with all these rocks and he's like Jesus Marie they're minerals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote in my notes, uh, in all caps, Buffy is rubbing a phallic crystal because she is horny AF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally she's got this crystal and she's like she's not jerking it because uh, I don't think they probably were allowed to do that, but she's definitely kind of like giving it a squeeze. And when, when Giles kind of says something, she's going to make it, that, rock like, free. Uh, uh, that rock pre. Good for that rock. She's going to get its rocks off. Uh. <laughs> um,
0: Again, premium content here. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, um, she's like not really paying too much attention to the crystals because, I mean, why would you? Uh, Apart from trying to like jerk off a phallic crystal.
1: (laughs) Um, We do at least get, for this episode at least, an explanation of why Faith isn't in it because she is on one of her unannounced walkabouts. Yeah. And um,
0: uh, Giles or Buffy refers to herself as the good one, which Good Slayer. (laughs) I hate being the Good Slayer. (laughs) But then uh, she goes out um, she goes out fighting uh, um, Mm -hmm. and she's fighting a vampire but then like all of a sudden she just starts uh, getting woozy uh, getting weak and um, in, in the first of many kind of like horrifying scenes like the vampire mm-hmm. like moves the stake so that it starts moving towards buffy which is like really not something that you've seen in the show before and it's it's a it's very well it's a very well done scene because it's like oh talk about like what better way to show a shift in power against a slayer yeah. than that
1: it's really well done Because we see her at the beginning of her fight. She's doing her normal quipping. Like, there's a great line where she hits the vampire and he goes, I'll kill you for that. And she goes, for that? What were you trying to kill me for before? (laughs) Um, But yeah, but how quickly this shift from her confident and quippy, like we normally see her, into scared and vulnerable. No, and Um, uh, I mean... It's scary. We might
0: as well just say it right now. Sarah Michelle Gellar is at the top of her game mm-hmm. in this episode. This is one
1: of her one of her like best performances. Yeah, and the crazy uh, thing sh- is, like of the show. I yeah, think.
0: the crazy thing is, and um, in uh, we we say it always, but like Anthony Stewart Head. I mean, like he is also extremely good in this episode, especially mm-hmm. like the payoff that you get later in the episode. But the um, but yeah, and it's really weird that this episode really isn't talked about that much like season three always gets wrapped up in like faith and the mayor that Mm -hmm. often this like this kind of starts a mini arc and it kind of like goes a
1: lot of people don't talk about it when it's brought up this episode just rocks it's really good i think it's one of the high points of a really good season um but yeah i agree it's um Yeah, because it doesn't necessarily tie in as much to the main arc. Um, It's... I Yeah, I agree. It gets a little forgotten. But I do think there is a subtler arc of this season that people don't necessarily notice, um, which is Buffy kind of dealing with what her identity as a Slayer means. We see it in The Wish. Um, Obviously, that's like, that's a huge part of it. Um, it's brought up in Gingerbread. What is her impact as a Slayer? Yeah. And in this episode, it is th- this discussion of who is she if she's not the Slayer? And then, of course, the entire season, you have this um, the, this dichotomy between Buffy and Faith of the Slayer identity. I think that's a huge part of that, this season um, that is... It's not like an overt arc, but it does run through a lot of the episodes. I think this episode most, um, most obviously.
0: Yeah. So Buffy's back at the library and, Mm -hmm. uh,
1: she is, she does successfully kill the vamp. Oh yeah. Sorry. I forgot about that. She, she cleverly, um, which is important to this episode, um, even though she kind of, she's the vampire has overpowered her she is smart enough to position herself in a way that the vampire kind of stakes itself yeah um and so yeah i and it yeah that's what happens
0: but yeah um uh she's back at the library and she's basically like throwing knives
1: and um giles walks you in. know You know what you do in your, your public high school library, (laughs) knife throwing practice. (laughs) Giles walks in and, and, uh, he's like, what's
0: wrong? And she, uh, just like, uh, gestures to the target and she's nowhere close to the bullseye. Mm
1: -hmm. There's a bunch of knives like scattered around it, like on the floor and like maybe one or two that have actually hit like the target. But yeah, they're all on like the far. The ones that actually hit the target are on the outside. Yeah,
0: and she's like, um, and so she asks Giles if like he knows anything about what might be happening to her. He says he'll try to find out, and um, she's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like. Hang out here a little bit, see if I can get my mojo back or whatever. And like, throws a knife, and you hear a window shatter. And she's like, yep. "All right, I'm gone." And he's like, "Thank you."
1: <laughs> and he's and he's he's got his back to her while it happens. They don't even like they don't even look at each other in this moment. Yeah. Um. She also says that her um she's worried that her uh oh I can't remember what she says exactly, but it's like her game. She's like I my game's gone. It's or something. But she says it's in Cuernavaca. And I was like, where the fuck is Cuernavaca? So I looked it up. Cuernavaca is in Mexico.
0: Okay. There you go. All right. There's (laughs) a little bit of geography from Mr. Harrison.
1: (laughs) Um, Geography with Harrison. It's our new weekly uh, (laughs) weekly segment. Oh, Lord. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, so
0: we go to this building... Where there is a, um, where there's these old guys, maybe not old. One of them's very old, and one this of them is, is very old. This is later revealed to be Quentin Travers, who is the Quentin who Travers. is the head watcher, and uh, of the Watchers Council. And um, two guys are helping him out, Hobson and Blair, and mm-hmm. uh, they're basically um, they're at where is it the they're at the Overview Hotel or something like that. Sunnydale Hotel. Sunnydale Arms. Excuse me. Sunnydale Arms. Yeah. yeah. Sunnydale Arms Hotel, and uh, they're they're laying bricks over the windows, and there's a um and there's a box that's like shaking and and like all chained up and everything, and uh, uh, Quentin Travers turns around and says like the Slayer's almost ready, so
1: mm-hmm. this is clearly meant for Buffy. dun, dun um so we mentioned this in our initial attempt at recording uh our first intro but the actor who plays Blair is Dominic Keating uh who as Jason alluded to in the, in the intro that you heard um <laughs> uh played uh the character of Malcolm on Star Trek Enterprise um and then the actor who plays a character uh appear later kralik uh also appeared on enterprise um as well as like a fuck ton of other shows yeah. that were on in this in this uh period of time yeah he very much um, like
0: he, he very much uh buffy's very much in the rotation of um people who were making guest spots on literally every network show that they could yeah uh,
1: so yeah hey listen a job's a job <laughs>
0: oh no it is and uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say um dominic keating doesn't really get uh too much of a chance to be to like stand out but jeff cober is amazing
1: yes like i think he's really fantastic yeah it's in, in it's
0: honestly episode. like a little sad that he
1: only was in this one episode yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny because I feel like he, this character Kralik, falls under that category that sometimes we complain a little bit about of this like yeah he one off very fearsome vampire. If he had stayed
0: around for longer, he may have lost his effectiveness as a character. Yeah,
1: I think yeah, but I, yeah, I think he makes such an impression. I also just really quick want to say this episode is the first episode we've had in a while that is, feels like feels like a horror movie
0: yes it gets super scary at the end um yeah and like we'll get to that um
1: i I also want to talk about that but we'll get to that uh but yeah um should we talk about snoopy on ice
0: yeah so buffy (laughs) buffy is telling all of her friends um she's getting really excited about the ice show and uh and xander xander just doesn't get it as, usual. But, as uh, usual but yeah willow talks about how like oh i got to go see snoopy on ice when i was a kid and then i went backstage and was horribly scarred
1: and she threw up on woodstock yeah <laughs> um and Z- er, and oz says ice, ice is, is really cool. cool it's like it's water but, but not. it's not <laughs> <laughs> never change He doesn't. Um, He doesn't. Spoilers. Oz Oz is great.
0: (laughs) Uh, um. Uh but then when um then when Buffy goes home, she discovers that uh like she's really excited because she's like, Oh look, there's a present. And um she sees that it's like flowers and the tickets that were left by Hank Summers who Yeah um Joyce is ditching her yeah Joyce says like oh he's got like some business thing it's
1: more specific um than just some business his quarterlies didn't come in right or something yeah
0: something like that but uh basically he can't make it and he's really sorry he wants to make it up to her later um and yeah like that that scene really hurts me like it it, hit. yeah in it There's so many scenes that like hit hard. This is like one of them,
1: and yeah. So, well, you've got Buffy's obvious, like very visceral disappointment. She is so upset, and then, um, but also Joyce in this scene, like you can see when Buffy comes in, Joyce is really tense. Like this is a conversation she's been like prepping herself with ever since these flowers showed up at their house. You know, the sad thing is, is
0: that. You know this isn't the first time Joyce has had to do has mm-hmm. has had to have a talk like this.
1: Yeah, it, it feels very. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, um, it. The episode does a good job of showing us that this is not the first time that Buffy's been let down by her dad. Um, and Which, yeah, the, I feel show, that I feel that hard for Buffy. Y- even
0: though Hank has had limited appearances, the show has made it fairly easy to see that he is not an ideal father figure, even as a, even as a separated father figure. Yeah.
1: Um, he, he just isn't. So, um, and then, uh, I wrote, fuck you, Hank, in my notes. (laughs) Um, So, okay, real quick. Um, so I think I've mentioned, I think Grace and I mentioned this when Grace guest starred on our passions episode or passion episode grace and i have like a joke where we have two buffy spin-offs one where we send all of our favorite characters and one where we send our least favorite characters and hank summers is in the bad characters (laughs) (laughs) spin-off okay canceled after one season
0: but um then like the next the next scene is uh buffy at the library Mm -hmm. and um she uh She like they're having another crystal session and um, Buffy is it's 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 so many different emotions at the same time. It's like it's adorable. It's heartwarming. And it's also sad that she didn't like Joyce did offer to go to the ice show with her. But she said, don't worry about it. But then when she's with Giles, she tries to hint to him that, hey, this is a. This is a great thing for uh for dads to, you know, take their take their daughters or students, their students or, or slayers. Slayer. <laughs> and, it's, it's sweet. And if you if you haven't seen the if you haven't seen the subtle the subtle signs that Buffy sees Giles as her father figure, mm-hmm. then there it is and right it, there. Here <laughs> yeah it
1: is. and I mean, I know, I think that's so interesting, too, that you mentioned, as as she said, Joyce does offer. But clearly this is some... Like, this thing, going to this ice show, is something that Buffy feels is, is for her and her dad. Yeah. Um, and so when... So when Hank bails on her, you know, she as much as she loves Joyce and as close as they've become, uh, it is, it's Giles. Who's the one that she turns to.
0: And I feel really bad for Joyce in this scene. It, it makes me feel, it reminds me of that song that
1: Evan's mom sings at the end of dear Evan Hansen. Uh, uh, so big, so small, yeah. AKA the song that when I, I saw it here in Louisville, like I was pretty good throughout the sh- the show, and then she sang that song, and I was I was sobbing very loudly in my seat because um, it's a, it's about a it's a the song sung uh, by a single mother, and um, she's you singing
0: know. about the day that um Evan's dad moves away, and yeah. she sings about she tells Evan about what she was feeling and how she knew that there would be times that she wouldn't be enough. Uh And Uh yeah. And it's just, it's all those things that single parents have to go through that it just all, all, uh, all summed up in a few lines of song. Um, But they're so powerful and it immediately makes me think of this and, uh, poor Joyce, like yeah. she wants, because you know, she wants to be yeah. everything for for Buffy, but that's extremely hard. Not just because Buffy is is it, it'd be hard for any child, uh, mm-hmm. but it's her daughter's also supposed to be the savior of the world. So <laughs> yeah,
1: it's you know my parents got divorced when I was pretty young, and you know my mom. Um, you know, she did get remarried eventually. Um, but you know, there, I do remember a time when it was, it, when it was just me and my mom and, um, and, and I, that's not, you know, my dad's not absent in my life. I, my parents had joint custody. Um, but you know, I, I remember that those, that difficulty. And I, I remember, um, you know, I, I feel for Buffy in this scene because it's, I while I I feel bad for Joyce, I do understand why. In this specific moment of rejection from her father, Joyce isn't what she needs and can't do anything about it except for be loving and supporting. Yeah, um, because it's a it's so a Buffy is a shitty place. Buffy to feel isn't the to be. only
0: person that feels helpless in this episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, like we said, she was talking with Giles and uh, Giles isn't talking about the ice show. He just asked her to stare at this big blue crystal, find the flaw at the center. And while she's staring at it, she uh, um, she basically just kind of goes into a trance. And yeah. while she's in that trance, Giles takes out a small uh-huh. box with a syringe and um injects this stuff into Buffy and it is later and he she snaps out of the out of the crystal or out of the crystal trance and uh, she doesn't know what happened and you can see and Giles is just playing dumb and if you had never seen Buffy before you'd think oh gosh Giles is being a bad guy but you know that like and I think this is the subtlety that Anthony Stewart head brings to this. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like you can see on his face he's masking how much this is killing him. And yeah,
1: yeah he hates it. Yeah,
0: which then goes into this next scene when he meets with Quentin Travers. Um, Quentin
1: Travers. Yeah, and and, and that's strong when, feelings about Quentin Travers. And that's and when Travers,
0: active. that's when Travers explains the ritual. That Uh is happening. And it's apparently whenever a Slayer reaches their 18th birthday, they are basically... Their powers are taken away from them. And they are forced into a challenge where they have to rely on their wits and their cunning. And they can't just rely on their strength. And I... I can see a little bit of logic in that. I do not see the logic in not telling them about it. Uh And also... I feel like it's always been there since the beginning of... Since the Watchers' Council is first introduced. But now is when I really kind of start to realize... This is kind of stupid that the Slayers, all potential Slayers, are ruled over by men. And all of the decisions are made by men. Now, Um, obviously there are some female Watchers. uh, Gwendolyn Post uh, being... We all saw being, how well that worked being out. Being not a great example. <laughs> but it yeah. seems like it's just a bunch of old stuffy men. And Giles even says that, like, this ritual is archaic. And mm-hmm. and Travers' response is, it's what's been done for 12 centuries. And, like, fuck yeah. that bullshit.
1: Yeah. This is our first, We you know, yeah, as you mentioned, we've gotten a lot of, like, hints as to kind of how shitty the Watchers Council is. But this is our first time actually seeing it in action. And yeah, this test is stupid. But it's, it does make sense when you think of it through this kind of misogynistic, patriarchal lens. Um, that Giles kind of calls out at the end of the episode. Because Travers says, you know... We're fighting uh, a war. We're, we're fighting a war. And he says, Giles responds, you're waging a war. She's fighting it. There is a difference. It is very obvious from this episode and we're going to see it more throughout the series that the Watchers Council does not view the slayer as anything more than a weapon th- than a weapon that they can point where they want it to go. And in this this test it's the uh, Cruciamentum, which oh by the way, fucking great name. I yeah, love that. Absolutely. Um. Obviously
0: like obviously meant to be like a uh, crucible and Yeah and other stuff
1: (laughs) but i do think i do think there is probably an underlying idea that um this this test this the idea of this test is um uh, to weed out certain slayers if the Slayer fails the test, she dies. Well, she wasn't good enough anyway, so now we have the next one. And, and, and if also, she fit passes, then great, she's good to go. Point her in the next direction to kill. And
0: it's also just the Watchers Council reestablishing their control. It's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, you may have your powers, but we can take them away. It yeah. it reminds me a lot of Captain Marvel the uh the movie oh and how, yeah um, i hadn't thought about uh, yeah. like uh, carol's powers are nerfed by the uh she's always told to hold back by jude law um and the uh and the Cree, and you find out that it's because they just had to have control over her and they were using it's, her
1: That's such a great comparison because you know in captain marvel one of my favorite scenes is near the end where Jude Law's like, don't use your powers, like, fight me, like, like one-on-one as equals. Yeah. And she just goes, fuck you, no! Yeah, no, and- like, the,
0: the actual line was like, prove to me that you're finally, you're finally ready. And she just, like, shoots him with her energy blast and says, I don't have to prove anything to you.
1: Yeah, and not necessarily in this episode, but we do see Buffy do that constantly throughout the show where people are telling her, you know, this is the way it's been done, like tradition, blah, blah, blah. And Buffy says, screw that. Yeah, I'm not going to do it that way just because you tell me I have to. So and I love that.
0: I would be behind this test if the Slayer was made aware, because that doesn't change anything. Like, it, if, like, a Slayer consented to it, and I feel like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's something else where um a a main character of a show who has uh, superpowers of some sort are like willingly they they are taking a test and they willingly allow their powers to be taken from them so that they can uh, uh. do this test and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head but they they allow it and say it's okay I'll go through with it um and honestly, it doesn't change the outcome that the Watchers are looking for if the Slayer consents, which just goes to show you that this, the Watchers' council are assholes.
1: Yeah, they don't give a shit about Buffy as a person. They don't think of Buffy as a person.
0: And um, and uh, it may have been shown earlier, but the uh, the vampire, what was inside that chained-up box, is a vampire named uh, Zachary Kralik, And um, he is really crazy. And he's one of the few vampires
1: that needs meds. Um, Yeah, this is interesting. And I wish the episode had gone into a little bit more detail about what those meds were. So what I think is,
0: I think that they were pills that... I think... um,
1: Here's my headcanon, even though there isn't really any... Love it. So I think that... Listen, the they episode were, doesn't give us anything. So all we have is head. I care.
0: think that they had him locked up and they were starving him. And uh, okay. so that way he'd be more ferocious because it doesn't matter what kind of vampire you are. When you're hungry, you're out for a kill. So I think they were starving him and whatever they were giving him in those pills um, were basically kind of sustaining him, keeping him okay. not alive, but keeping him uh, like... Yeah, just sustaining him, and in the process he grew addicted to them. So even though he, even though he later is able to feed
1: in the episode, he's still kind of addicted to those pills. Mm. That's my hit that, cannon. That is really interesting, and I what I really like about that is this. I it just takes this thing that we've just been discussing about the fucking Watchers even further, like. They're just such fucking assholes. They are making this vampire crazier and more bloodthirsty um, than, than necessary. And and he's already,
0: and Giles later uh, tells Buffy this, that um, when he's actually revealing all of the details to Buffy, he talks about how when he was a mortal Kralik was, was like an insane killer so oh my gosh but um yeah so Buffy after so after all this um Buffy is talking to uh Willow and um they and uh they're basically kind of like I, I can't remember what were
1: they talking about um because it, it, the conversation doesn't last for too long it does. I don't remember either because really the 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 meat of this is this bit with Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia Where is approached Cordelia's by going.
0: Guy Matthews, and um, <laughs> and he is he is awful. He oh is my God. like he says, "Oh, you just kind of left me standing at uh, at the bronze," and Cordelia says, "Well, you should know that like you shouldn't take my take my flirting seriously. I'm on the rebound," and. Um, He's like
1: really violent about yeah him.
0: no he like it's, he actually starts to like pin her up against a pillar or something and it's a, it's then it's like a tree I think yeah it's a tree yeah and uh, Buffy of course um no matter what the situation how how the situation is with Cordelia and the rest of the group like Buffy's always going to stand up against shitty guys because um, yeah. you know this episode is just flush with shitty guys
1: um, and you know what for once not Xander. Not until the very end. Uh, the, oh yeah, the fucking jar. <laughs> God damn it. But no, don't worry. We'll, we'll get to sound
0: the chat alert for Xander uh, at the end of the episode. But um, yeah, so Buffy tries, Buffy like goes to her standard, grab his arm, but she doesn't have her strength. She's, and he mm-hmm. like, uh, Guy Matthews just like throws her and she like goes over a bench and... Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, and Cordelia, I love this bit where Cordelia's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then like you? just starts like, throwing <laughs> your little fists of fury oh, at it's him. great. I I mean, I know that Buffy later um later on is like Cordelia had to rescue me and she's really pissed about it, but I was like, where would go Cordy? But yeah, she
0: uh she immediately goes to Giles and says, "Hey, my strength is gone." And Yeah. And so he said he keeps saying he'll look into it. Um, uh, They do a little bit of research in the in the library and and uh, Willow finds the uh, oh, look, curse on slayers. Oh, wait, no, that's lawyers. lawyers.
1: (laughs) And then we get this conversation and I I I, I'm going to I want some clarification from you about who's right um, between Xander and Oz about kryptonite
0: oz is very much right oz is yes okay gold kryptonite permanently takes away a kryptonian's powers red kryptonite um you've seen the red have you seen the red kryptonite of smallville yet um
1: it's in season two no i'm i have i'm literally one episode away from the season one finale okay so it's very very early on in season two but yeah
0: red kryptonite always has a interesting effect like in the comics it uh it mutates superman mutates kryptonians in the uh in the uh in smallville it has more practical effects like it doesn't mutate him on the outside but uh it changes his personality um and uh but yes oz is very much right xander who proclaims that he's a geek can't even be a good geek. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yes, Oz is very much right about kryptonite. All right, I as I was watching the episode, I would like made a note to myself, like ask Jason who's right because because Buffy shuts the conversation down pretty quickly. Yeah, there's um, there's the
0: green kryptonite which is deadly. There's the gold kryptonite which takes away powers. Red kryptonite has multiple effects. Um, uh, blue Kryptonite only works on bizarros, and uh, Black Kryptonite, um, like, separates identities. It, it kind of, like, pulls, like, a Jekyll and Hyde sort of effect on okay. on a Kryptonian. Um, and all
1: of those, I believe, make their way into Smallville eventually. Cool. Uh, so, except so the Gold Oh, yes, the
0: Gold Kryptonite does make its way in there. Yeah.
1: Listeners, uh, if you haven't gathered, based on this conversation, uh, Jason knows a lot about about that sort of thing <laughs> and i i while i enjoy like i enjoy marvel and dc com- or like superheroes my knowledge of them uh stems mostly from just like movies and tv shows because i've, I've never really gotten into the comics um i would like to though i just get really intimidated because there's yeah so it, much of it
0: it. it it is and um but, you know, we can talk like some other time and I can like kind of just give you some jumping on points. And yeah, I love that. I, ha- yeah, I haven't like even kept up with what's been going on recently for a while because comics cost money, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, a lot do. of money. And I have a lot of comics. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. So Buffy goes to Angel because the research doesn't really they don't really get anything. And um, Angel gives her a book
1: it's the book of poetry it's sweet Um, this conversation (laughs) I I like this conversation between the two of them a lot but (laughs) this beat that it ends basically Buffy worries like who is she if she's not the Slayer she's like you know before I became the Slayer I'm not going to name any names but I was a lot like someone whose name rhymes with Spordelia (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) what a great line it's so good it's so good and then um an angel this is what angel tells her that he was actually there he saw her which we saw in becoming part
0: one yeah and um which he alluded to in the wish but again that was in the alternate universe right um because he said he told buffy when he was in that cave when he was in the cell like I waited for you and you never came. Um, So yeah, he tells, he tells her like he saw her when she was called and the second he saw her, he loved her.
1: Yeah. And he says, he, he basically has this really, this metaphor about how he saw her heart and that it was pure and good. And he wanted to hold it in his hands and protect it. And Puffy says, That's beautiful. And they embrace. And then she says, or taken literally incredibly gross. And Angel's just like, yeah, I was just thinking that.
0: And You know, that's not the first, and you know, that's not the last time in this episode that uh, a very serious scene will kind of be slightly undercut by kind of like comedy, like a little comedic break out of nowhere. Yeah. and we'll get to like the other big time in a in a little bit,
1: but are you referring to the one with Cordelia? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh,
0: but I mean, that's kind of that's kind of how David Fury goes, and you'll see that. Um, mm-hmm. Did he do a lot of Buffy after he started on Angel?
1: No, I think I I'm pretty sure once he moved over to writing for Angel, I think he wrote the I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I, I think he wrote like the occasional buffy but he, he spent a lot of his time on was angel focused on angel but you'll yeah.
0: see you'll see that sort of stuff in angel something to look um, forward to
1: so oh you know what actually I take that back he actually this was his I didn't actually realize this this was only his second episode um that I, he I didn't wrote. Th- yeah
0: I didn't think he'd done too many at this point because his that his name... last
1: episode was um, Go Fish, which he co-wrote.
0: I think we even commented, like, how could David Fury
1: have done this? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it looks like he split his time pretty evenly okay. between both shows. That's cool. Um, which is, yeah. He, and he's a really strong writer for this and show. And, and I'm looking at being some able, of these episodes. Being able to
0: mix the, the dramatic and the comedic um, is very important with,
1: this, with, with Buffy's style, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah. it's it's, one of the things the show's famous for.
0: So, um, yeah, the gang keeps researching. um, And, again, uh, Giles... Like, Buffy's asking Giles, like, hey, did you find out anything? And all he can say is no. And he just goes into his office. Um, However, Kralik uh, Kralik. is... um, is slowly able to, uh, basically at this point, they had been giving Krailik his pills and water, like with, with sticks, basically like
1: long. Yeah. They've got like fucking selfie sticks. Yeah. Long <laughs> sticks to like <laughs> administer. So
0: they don't have to get close to him, but, uh, he's been struggling in his, uh, straight and chains and, um, the straight jacket starts to rip. And, uh, so he, he calls out for pills and, uh, Blair, who is played by, uh, Dominic Keating. He um he it's his turn to like administer the pills and so he he falls for Kralik's trick and <laughs> spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> so I gotta give Kralik credit for this because his way he's very patient. His way of getting of busting out is not like asking asking a uh, Blair for the keys once he gets a hold of him. He kills him. Turns him uh-huh. into a vampire, and then basically makes him do his bidding.
1: <laughs> so, you know what I'm actually realizing? Like, literally, I'm, this, I'm, this, this is happening right now, live, on air, um, <laughs> on recording. Um, but there is kind of this, a bit of a parallel between Kralik and Buffy here. Both of them have been stripped of their powers and their normal resources that they would use. Um, by the Watchers Council, and are forced to resort to their their cunning and their resourcefulness um, to 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 survive in Buffy's case or to escape in Kralik's case. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, this
0: this episode is extremely well done. Um, yeah, but uh, when Giles visits um, the. Uh, when when Giles visits the building, he sees that um, he sees that Kralik is loose. Um, Hobson is dead because uh, uh, Kralik told Blair to like let basically get Hobson to come in and we'll talk about our strategy yeah. for the Slayer over dinner. And uh, that's <laughs> and that's when um, that's when Giles realizes that okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, yeah, and, I do love. I do love, like, one of the most. I do love one of my favorite, like, badass moments that isn't Buffy's in this episode is um, when Giles sees that Kralik is loose and immediately goes to the stairs and just rips off a hunk of wood for a stake. It was hot. Yeah. Like, that's. I love. Because. The Scooby Gang are just stupid teenagers, and sometimes they don't think. But Giles, I feel, is ninety-eight percent of the time always prepared with the next course of logical action. Um, uh-huh. But then, when he sees the Kralix loose, he like drops the he drops the stake in fear and horror, and basically just starts running out to find Buffy. Um,
1: so this next scene. Is Buffy is walking home from Angels and it's it's so upsetting. It and is like we've never seen Buffy this vulnerable. Uh, we've seen Buffy vulnerable before, but it's always been we've seen Buffy vulnerable in situations like with the master or with Angelus, you know? Yeah. This time we are just Buffy is vulnerable because she is a young woman walking down a dark street, and there there's like a group of men who are sexually harassing her. Yeah,
0: and it's here's the thing, they ask her like, "Oh, hey, how much for a lap dance?" And then like they look at each other like they just wrote the greatest joke of all time. They suck. Those guys I, suck.
1: I you know they do suck, but I find that very believable. Like, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I had no trouble buying th- these two fucking guys. Um, they, yeah, it's just, I hate seeing Buffy like this. Like, I love it in the context of this episode because of how good this episode is, but it is, the yeah, um, it sucks. But
0: then, uh, but then Buffy is attacked by Kralik. By Lieutenant Reed. By Kralik and uh, and, uh, and Wow, way to go! You just uh, f- fuck. What's his name? Not the Blair. The Blair, the you player. made me forget his Buffy name. <laughs> all I can think hey, is like who? Malcolm, Malcolm Reed. Damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> he uh, and um, yeah, she has no strength to fight uh, mm-hmm. cra- either of them, and uh, yeah, it's actually kind of scary because all she can do is run. And um, she can't even she doesn't even have the strength to climb the fence anymore. Like which she mm-hmm. could normally leap tall fences in a single bound. Uh <laughs> if we want to like keep up our Superman references. But uh she um yeah, she gets to she she um she's trying to like flag people down to help her while yeah, No um, one does. Yeah, and while Blair's coming this after is, her
1: and This scene, this chase scene, is very, very reminiscent of and I don't know I'd actually don't, I actually don't know if you've seen it but um, uh, I know what you did last summer I haven't seen um, it actually so Sarah Michelle Geller, her character Helen Shivers justice for Helen Shivers um, Helen should have been the final girl of that movie Jennifer Love Hewitt's character who is the actual final girl sucks and <laughs> Helen is the best but her, she has this chase scene before she's killed that is very kind of reminiscent to this. And I actually do wonder if it was, if this chase scene was written kind of as an homage to that, where she's like yelling for help and no one's coming. Um, the difference is Buffy gets away. Uh, spoiler alert for a movie that came out in 1997. <laughs> Helen
0: does not. Um, yeah. Um, uh so Buffy loses her jacket, but Giles her drives little red up. Red Riding Hood jacket. Giles drives up and uh, tells her to get in the car, and he's able to save her from Blair. Meanwhile, Kralik gets the jacket, goes to Buffy's house, and Joyce comes out of the house, uh, and, oh God, it's just a really... It's so crazy. makes my it's skin so crawl. Yeah, and he... So she, she thinks s- it's Buffy. Yeah, she thinks it's Buffy. She turns, because all she sees is the jacket on the ground, somebody wearing a jacket on the ground. She turns it over and Kralik is there, he's smiling, and he's just like, Mother. Mother. Like, ugh.
1: But also think of that from Joyce's perspective. I mean, she has got to be constantly worried that Buffy's gonna be hurt or killed. Yeah. And then she goes outside and sees a figure lying face down on their porch that she thinks is Buffy. So I'm sure she's thinking, like, "Oh my God, she's hurt. She she couldn't even make it inside the house," and and then to the, the, the yeah, it's just ugh, I hate it. It's so good, but yeah. And then
0: next up, I would say, I would say this is the best scene of the episode. But I would also argue that the big action in the climax of the episode may even be better than this. It's. It's also good, but this is... Yeah. This is probably, of all the scenes that have been gut punches and um, hard hitters, this is probably the one that hurts the most. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, she says... She's talking about how she really felt helpless against against Kralik, and that's when... Even though she doesn't know his name. And that's when Giles explains that... And we have basically talked about what this test is... Mm-hmm. And, um, Buffy like throws the syringe at him and she's just in utter disbelief because you could tell early on in the episode, earlier on in the episode, she sees Giles as this father figure and now he's betrayed her. Mm -hmm. Nobody, and I don't, and Giles has never betrayed her. There have been times that, there have been times that she has felt, um, that Giles didn't think about her that he mm-hmm. or that he was or mad didn't with her. her yeah but she never felt outright betrayed and at this moment where she feels her weakest not just because of losing the strength but also because her real dad her birth father is not in her yeah. life the part of her that she always can count on her being the slayer has been taken away from her by the man that she considers to be her father.
1: Yeah. And it's a very low point for her yes. emotionally and mentally. Um, and, and what hurts too about this is that like, you you can just see, you can just see how much this is killing Giles. Yeah. And... Like it's, you can't even be like, it's not even like, I mean, yes, it's Buffy versus Giles, but it's like, um, oh, oh, <gasps> Oh, I want more wine. Oh, okay. I
0: saw I saw the door open, and I'm like, "Is that happening
1: on its own, or is is John or Grace coming in?" Uh, John came in to bring me more drink because I'm out. <laughs> Must be nice. Um, but um, so, but no, yeah, it's this this whole, you know, it. it it would have been easy for this episode to pit us against Giles, but it doesn't. It it make it makes the situation nuanced and complex. And, and, and
0: even even by episode's end, um, there is a little bit of the regaining of the trust between Buffy and Giles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, she it it. I think the only time you've ever seen Buffy this hurt was um, probably the only other two times is when was that scene that I mentioned earlier from Innocence where mm. Angel's tearing her down while she's telling uh, him that she loves her. And then, of course, when she has to kill Angel in um, *In Becoming Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, I think those... Yeah, you yeah, I, I. There might be
1: other really bad moments, but I feel like those are the... Those, those are, the are big some ones. standouts. Yeah. Um, um, so do you want to talk about some tonal whiplash? Thank you, darling. Yep. Ton- I love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tonal whiplash which, which we mentioned earlier um enter cordelia <laughs> cordelia walks in and right as you, buffy to i don't
1: even know who you are yeah
0: you gotta wonder why is cordelia there and she's like oh is the world ending again because if it is i'm not gonna write this research paper on bosnia <laughs> <laughs> And it's so funny. Yeah, but and then, Cordelia just doesn't know what is going on. She doesn't realize just how horrifying the scene right before she came in was. Yeah. And she and
1: yeah, but She thinks said, Buffy has or she thinks Buffy has amnesia. She's like, "You're Buffy. He's Giles." Giles. And then uh, but the thing that really strikes me in this scene though is when when Buffy looks at Cordelia and says, "Can I have a ride? Can I get a ride? Can home? I get a ride?" Cordelia is like, "Yes, of course." And like, I
0: it's it takes vi- her a second. Yeah, but it's a when very she, subtle
1: thing, but yeah, when she s- realizes the scope of what she's walked into, even without knowing the context, and especially considering how much bad blood she's had with the Scoobies recently. I just I think it says a lot about Cordelia's character that she can, she can put all that aside, even for just this ride that she's going to give Buffy. Home. And and I, I
0: think um, and just to build on what you said, I think uh, people who are victims, and we know that Cordelia is a victim because we saw it happen earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. People that are victims know other victims, and. Yeah they know when somebody has been hurt and if they, and that's why Cordelia immediately comes to the aid of Buffy in something as small as this. Um, Yeah. yeah, So we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast, but I mean, it's really, (laughs) it's really important um, because men, men abuse women in so, so many different ways. And, like, we have to stand together and help each other get through that and, in a perfect world, make it stop.
1: Yeah. And seeing Cordelia come to Buffy's aid in this situation where she's, yeah, as you said, she's being abused by these men. um, Which is a nice parallel to earlier, where Buffy attempted to come to Cordelia's aid while she was being abused by a man. Uh, there's just so many of these, like, little connections in this episode that just uh, that make it so good. Like, th- th- this scene could have clearly ended with Buffy just saying, I don't even know who you are walking out of the library. But this little bit with Cordelia just adds, just... Uh, and yeah. then, yeah, no, it's so good.
0: But then, of <laughs> course, Cordelia in her signature, like, in her signature fashion, as she's walking out, she says... She says, all right, but if the world doesn't end tomorrow, I'm going to need a note.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, girl can be sensitive and have her have be practical. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think,
0: um, I feel like it normally, that kind of, like you said, tonal whiplash would, I wouldn't like it. But I actually kind of dug it for at least for this it didn't get in the way of me I was able to enjoy every facet of the scene it didn't take away from yeah. the heft of the emotion but it also like gave me a nice little respite from it
1: cuz it's a hard hitter and yeah you know. I agree I I think it's we talked about it I think we talked about that in um in gingerbread too it's be, because I think part of it has to do with character awareness whereas Cordial you know we we kind of we don't mind Cordelia making these sort of quips because she doesn't really know what's happening, uh, especially at the beginning. She has no idea what's going on, um, so it's not as egregious as, say, Xander worrying about his playboys while, yeah. like while his best friend is in very real and imminent danger. Um, but and it also it doesn't distract from the scene. It it. Um, you know, it's not like drama 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 quip. It's I don't know, it's it's well integrated.
0: The yeah, uh so Buffy goes home and finds the Polaroid, a selfie that Kralik took <laughs> with uh OG choice. Yeah. Um yeah, and um so Buffy changes into overalls, um, which I believe is for the strict reason of having a lot of pockets so she can store a lot of weapons
1: oh see my thought i was about to say it's because she's sad they're her overalls of sadness i mean um, it could be both it could be because th- they're the same ones i think that she wore in becoming when she leaves sunnydale i'd have to i'd have to like think about that yeah. um i am i think if they're not the same ones, they are. I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. Those are her overalls of sadness. Overalls of sadness. Um, but and but yes, really, you're right. Practically speaking, it do, they do have a lot of fun.
0: A pockets. really, <laughs> really nice touch. Um, I feel that it's easy to miss, but I really appreciated it was um, the fact that Buffy filled up her weapons bag so much that she struggles a little bit to lift it and then like, but continues to walk out even though it's really heavy. So I I always thought that was like a really nice touch.
1: It's a great touch. because I mean, this whole episode is so much of it is just, is Buffy so concerned. Who am I without my strength? And she's answering those questions throughout the episode without even realizing it because she's not just her strength. She's, her resolve, in, like, like which is what you just mentioned, and her her cunning and her resourcefulness, um, and so while obviously I hate what the Watchers have done here, I do like that. I love what Buffy gains of her own understanding of herself from this episode. But the uh, but yeah, so um,
0: Travers is at the library. Uh, with oh, Giles and uh, Giles says oh well Kralik escaped and he turned Blair into a vampire and um, Travers is like oh you know doesn't change the test uh, <sighs> and and then Giles is like alright well here's the thing I told Buffy everything about the test so now you have to call it off he's like oh well we can't call it off because she's already, already at the Sunnydale Arms and so Giles just Leaves trying to help Buffy and fuck Travers because that guy's an, yep. asshole. Oh, um, such
1: an asshole. And then do we wanna have. I want to say I want to. I really do want to give a shout out though to um, uh, Harris Ulin who who plays Travis because he's fucking great.
0: Yeah. Like, um. But speaking of fucking great, this whole this, sequence is so this slasher good
1: movie like
0: because obviously Buffy has more often than not has the just charge right in with gusto, but she can't Mm -hmm. do that because she knows that these vampires are stronger than her. And, um, she takes, so she, she gets her crossbow, her favorite weapon. And, (laughs) and, um, yeah, she tries to go, she tries to, she tries to like be stealthy and try to take out Kralik, but, Um, Kralik is able to get the best of her and, um, she, uh, so she spends a lot of time being chased until like, uh, until, and yeah, this whole sequence is so damn good. The music, like there's this little, um, there's this little, just kind of like single high piano note Mm -hmm. at times that just adds to the eeriness of it. Like, if your heart wasn't already racing, then it is now. And uh, and it's legit horrifying. It's scarier than Buffy tends
1: to be. Yeah. Well, it's... Because, you know, it's so funny. Because in season one, I think the show really was... um, diving into its horror roots. Because, you know, it it had a horror beginning. That was kind of its inspiration... But it really did kind of move away from that into more of a general uh, fantasy yeah. setting. But but yeah, this episode goes for the full horror movie effect. I mean, even to the point, point is, that that yeah. they make
0: Cray like even like just sadistic because earlier on you saw him uh, with Joyce tied up and he's taking pictures of her. He explains like how his mother he has this thing for mothers and how his mother's dead to him, mostly because he killed a nader. I
1: killed a nader. And then he has a line that I will I, I have to admit, I laughed so fucking hard because he says I have a thing about mothers. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I laugh. I. But no, he. But so, once again, it's a quip. It's a joke, but it do, doesn't. T- like the scene is still terrifying. And the. Like, and what's crazy yeah. is that,
0: um, he, he tells Joyce that his plan is to turn Buffy into a vampire and then okay. have Buffy eat her face. Eat yeah. Joyce's face. What's like those say? are he's his like, words.
1: Like, when she wakes up, the your face will be the first thing she eats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and
0: it gets even creepier because when Buffy's running from Kralik, she goes into this room, turns on the light, and it's a room that's wallpapered with Polaroids of Joyce oh, tied up. Like, it's so Jesus creepy. Christ.
1: Ugh. But it does make me, I as much as I love that... I, Anytime, because I'm such a horror person, anytime there's something like that though, after the initial like shock of it has worn off, I then start to think of it logistically where I'm like, so he just like spent probably an hour taking hundreds of pictures of Joyce yeah. and waiting for them to develop and then he went and pinned them all. <laughs> it's mean, like in Halloween when, um you know how Michael has the, the bed sheet with the eyes cut out? Yeah while it's super effective on screen it's such a good scene i always think of the scene where michael's like sitting there like cutting the eye holes out of
0: it. i mean you do have to i mean you did notice like when he was talking with joyce he was like just snapping pictures constantly yes, yes that is true um, that is true but yeah uh so um kralik is closing in on buffy until oh apparently according to the uh According to the wiki, they're they're antipsychotic pills. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, sure, I, I I do think that is what the episode wants us to take away, but it does kind of beg the question of like, what do antipsychotics do to a vampire? Like, yeah, do I they mean, have body you, chemistry? You would, you would
0: think <laughs> that the you would think that their need for medication would go away with being a vampire.
1: um and like that's not to think of it yeah <laughs>
0: um but yeah he needs the pills so Buffy immediately like grabs them and slides down on a laundry chute Good for um her. and uh she's in the basement uh and she, and she finds Joyce but she doesn't have a lot of time because Kralik is just like kicking down the door um trying to get the pills and uh he finally gets them, he comes in, gets them from uh, Buffy, and uh, and he swallows the pills, then like drinks the water, and he's like about to, he's about to kill Buffy, then all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, what the hell? What did you do to me? And he looks up, and Buffy has her empty uh, bottle of holy water.
1: it's mm, great.
0: Yeah, and it's and I will say, you did have Chekhov's gun in this, because- um, when she's getting all of her supplies together, she does grab the bottle of holy water. So, um, you kind of knew that was coming, but yeah, really great. Um, Joyce is right to be proud of Buffy. Yeah, um, of course she is. But yeah, it, yeah, and then he. Uh, but so yeah, so he just burns up and dusts himself out from the inside out. Um,
1: so You'd she's love to see it.
0: Yeah, Buffy tries to free Joyce. But then Blair shows up and uh, he's about to
1: kill Buffy. But then Giles is there and stakes Blair. So what I really like about this, um, it could have been really easy for them to uh, to have Giles be the one to come and save Buffy from Kralik. And that's kind of how they are able to like kind of repair this relationship. That's kind of the but easy way out, though. It's the very easy way out. I love that Buffy gets to kill Kralik using her cunning and her resource, resourcefulness. But also you get this... Giles saves... You still get Giles gets to save Buffy by just killing the mook. Uh, so, the, I mean, the episode gets to have its cake and eat it too in that regard. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I do also love when Buffy is trying to free Joyce from her her bonds. Joyce is kind of like, can't you just, like rip them off and Buffy's like normally yes <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but yeah
0: just just go I'm just saying right now that that whole sequence is so well done you mm-hmm. get to see Sarah Michelle Gellar do so many things that you normally don't get to see her do on this show because she's normally in control yeah. and she's not in this she's very much She's very much outmatched, but still comes away with the win. So yeah, go Buffy.
1: Love to see it.
0: Um, and uh, so and go back- uh, Buffy's uh, stunt double, um, <laughs> who I don't uh, know who
1: it is off the top of my head. But oh gosh, Sophia Crawford, I think is her name. I think you're right
0: because sometimes it's in the tri- sometimes it's in the credits, yeah.
1: But, uh, sometimes it isn't. I've, I've like, I've done, I've seen, I, I think, I know her first name is Sophia. I think it's Sophia Crawford. I've seen her do, I've done, I've seen like interviews with her and stuff. Cause, um, she also was the, uh, the, um, stunt double for the pink ranger. Okay. yes yeah, Sophia, Sophia Crawford, she was, um, yeah, she was Buffy's. Uh, Buffy stunt double for seasons one through four. Cool. Um. Yeah. So yes, go Sophia. Yeah.
0: No. Very very well done job. Um. So our last scene with Travers is they're back at the library and Travers is just like, oh, well done. You did a good job. And Buffy's like, fuck you. Um. But the makeup uh,
1: on Buffy here is so fantastic. Yeah. The 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 huge cut. We don't see Buffy. I mean. Buffy usually gets, like, we occasionally get to see Buffy with, like, a scrape or something. But I don't know that we have ever seen Buffy, like, battered. Like, you know, bleeding so Mm -hmm. profusely. And it's actually kind of shocking to see that much blood on a network TV show um it's i mean it's, it's not, not like, hannibal it's yeah um <laughs> although i will say so i've been re-watching hannibal as i mentioned to you the other day where i texted you and was like i just accidentally binged six whole episodes um it'd be I, like that one thing i'm realizing though they were very smart about hannibal's not particularly bloody yeah it, they they were very smart about um, the implication of the violence. Yeah,
0: they um, they they knew just how much they could get away with, yeah. and they they milked it for all it was worth. Mm-hmm. Um, we've said it before; we'll say it again. Watch Hannibal. It's on Netflix now. So please,
1: please watch Hannibal on Netflix and watch it on Netflix so that Netflix will do a season four. <laughs> that
0: would be so dope because I know that. I know that Brian Fuller's down. I know that the like cast, the cast, has cast con- is, yeah, the cast has said we are down for it. They just need to find a way to do it. And they just need yeah. to find a platform, and I feel that, I feel that it could get its season four, um, if if we try hard. I'll, I I'll would need, love it. I'll so need to much. start watching it on Netflix as well, even though I have it on
1: Blu-ray. I have um, it on Blu-ray too, but you know, I want those yeah. Netflix numbers to go up.
0: Travers tells Buffy that. Uh, while Buffy passed the test, Giles did not because mm. Giles is the watcher had to be distant. He has to, but he can't. He sees
1: Buffy as
0: his daughter.
1: And, yeah. and this is the first time that that, I mean, that's been subtext, but this is the first time someone has specific has said on the show, you view her like a father views a daughter. And it's also and kind he doesn't of doesn't deny it. He's it, like Yeah, and it also
0: um it also syncs up with the episode when she's trying to basically uh ask him to come to the ice show with her. Yeah. Like all the subtext that's been there since the beginning
1: is now text. Um yeah. but uh because I do believe the subtext has uh, rapidly become the text.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um Yeah, so... And again, this line bears repeating. Um, He says... uh, Because Buffy is still mad about this whole thing, and Travers isn't apologizing. He says, we're fighting a war. And Giles says, you're waging a war. She's fighting it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, God, that resonates on so many levels. Um, And we'll continue to.
1: That is... I mean... Yeah, this, this relationship that Buffy has with the Watchers Council um, and the relationship that Faith has with the Watchers Council which doesn't really get brought up here but will it is really important um, this is an institution of men who who use young women to do their de- to, to do what they want them to and um, it's pretty fucked up yeah um yeah. he also says that um he he file, he files he fires giles um and he tells him that he as I, as we said he has a father's love for the for buffy and he says that's quote useless to the cause and i think that's another thing that's really important this disconnect between the watchers and buffy because we have seen so much how buffy her her relationships with her friends her families, uh, her family with Giles, with all the people in her life, you know, love is not to sound so corny, but love is a powerful tool. And these connections that they are forging with one another are so important. They're not just automatons.
0: And it yeah, and it's and it's a it's a constant thing in superhero shows and stories and um, the hero's journey story. Oftentimes, uh, people say that it's your humanity that'll make you weak, but, um, in the end, it's your compassion, your humanity that mm-hmm. makes you strong. Like, yeah. you can't be objective when it comes to stuff
1: like this, when it comes to life and death. Um, exactly. Cause Buffy, B- B- Buffy's humanity gives her something to fight for. Yeah. And that's why she wins. You know, um, she, it was her humanity. It was her love for her mother that got her through the cruciamentum. Uh, You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, Buffy would not have gone after this vampire had this vampire not taken Joyce. Right. And it is, joy. Buffy went to fight a vampire despite the fact that she had, he had the upper hand. Because her mother's life was at stake. And that's... That's why, why Buffy is a fucking hero. Yep. It's, I've said that my that's piece! What <laughs> that's what it is.
0: Um, Travers says that uh, because of all the... Th- because of the ways that Giles looks at Buffy... Um, he uh, says that Giles is no longer going to be um, her watcher. He's being fired... And that a new watcher is going to be coming, and uh, and he says um, and he tells Giles like, oh, and you need to leave. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. He's like, well, we kind of figured that, but uh, if you do like if you do try to undermine the authority of the new watcher, then you're going to uh, like you're going to be dealt with. And so he leaves, and uh, then you get this really nice tender moment of Buffy. Obviously, in a lot of pain, trying to, uh, trying to, like, uh, 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 bandage up and, um, like, rub disinfectant on her own wounds, clean their cuts and everything. And Giles comes over and he's obviously, like, a little, little timid at first, but Buffy lets him, uh, yeah, lets him, like, actually help her. And it's just, like, a great way to. It's just a great. Great way to cap off that that part of the episode, yeah. and
1: uh, and it's so this is what I love. You know, what they always say for writing show don't tell. Yeah, and it could have been it would it would have been so easy for them to for the the episode to have ended with a Buffy and uh, Buffy and Giles heart to heart, but the, we just seeing Buffy letting Giles help her tend to her her wounds. We, we, that tells us everything. Yep. Speaking um, of
0: show don't tell, um, going back to that uh, to that sequence where Buffy's fighting Krailik, um, I didn't notice it until after the episode was after the episode was done. But Buffy didn't talk at all while Kralik was chasing her. Um, oh. It was it was a lot, and it added more to that that there wasn't too much talking except for Krailik's um,
1: like tormenting sayings and stuff and i had not noticed that but you know it actually that makes a lot of sense especially since once buffy does kill kralik she has that line if i were at full slayer strength i'd be punning right now yeah because that's you know buffy quips we that's something we know about her she but, likes to make jokes and yet she's she do- not yeah she
0: doesn't during this um then we have this last little scene where uh Oh, wait,
1: real quick, before we get to this yeah. last scene, I just, I, I feel like it's so important that we just real briefly touch on when uh, Quentin Travers kind of congratulates Buffy, she just goes, bite me. <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. And I have used the gif of Buffy saying, bite me a lot. <laughs> like, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> no,
0: it, It's a good one. Um, but yeah, the next day... Uh that which is um, Buffy actually celebrating her birthday. Uh, she, um, the she's
1: just making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with, uh, okay. with the Scoobies. I I need to say this because my initial note was why are they making so many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? And I actually went back and like re, I finished the episode and then rewatched the scene to count how many peanut butter and jellies there actually were being made. And there actually are five. Uh, Buffy is making three, and Xander is making two. Um, initially, I thought that every character was making peanut butter and jelly, so I was just like, "Why are there so many?" <laughs> but but it really is just it's just Buffy and Xander, three and two. There are five people in the scene. I am here to report that the appropriate number of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are being made. <laughs> Uh, also, Willow it. is wearing an orange and yellow striped bucket hat. It is so cute. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Willow Willow's freaking out because of Giles being fired, <laughs> and I think I think she's also worried that like Giles won't be the librarian anymore. But Buffy does reassure her that he's still going to do that. Yeah. Um. And but, uh, but the Willow best thing about still this, going
1: to write an angry letter. The best thing about this
0: scene is still uh, Joyce. She wants to brag on Buffy. It's She's like, so she sweet. was, she was so clever and she, well, actually Buffy, you tell them, you, you tell it better. <laughs> tell it better. It's so good. It is. And then, um, we decide to end the, uh, end the episode with one last showing of, uh, asshole masculinity <laughs> and, uh, or lack of it with, uh, or lack of the masculinity part where Xander has his Chad moment and um, Buffy can't open a jar of peanut butter because, well, she just got, like, the shit kicked out of her. Um, but uh, Xander's like, oh, well, you need a strong man to open that for you. And he can't. He can't.
1: And, and then, he asked Willow to help him. That is one of, it's a great laugh because it's, he's trying to open it. He can't do it. Cut to the credits. And then over the credits, you just hear him go. Willow, can you give me a hand? Willow, can you give me a hand? Um, so yeah, helpless. Oh, fuck. Dude. I just want to say, um, what, a uh, little, little
0: note here. Um, when Buff, when Angel gave Buffy the book of poetry, she tries to be excited and, uh, she's like, oh yeah, I'm really happy that I got it. And Angel says, then how come you looked more excited last year when you got an arm in a box, which is a nice <laughs> reference to surprise, which like you you know it's only been a season, but which also is um around the time that I started doing booze and Buffy, mm-hmm. but it feels like so much has happened since then so and much. yeah I, I I like that i like I like how um
1: ho- uh really crazy things happened to Buffy on her birthday. Yep, and we'll continue. This is only the second Buffy birthday we've had on the show. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Jason, what would what score would you give this episode?
0: This episode, I remember this episode being good. I do not remember it being this amazing. But given the, uh, the analytical eye that I'm giving it now, um, as opposed to just watching it for enjoyment the first time I saw it, and just seeing all these little nuances that we that we uh, we've mentioned throughout this episode, I'm gonna give it five glasses of holy water out of five.
1: Wow! Yeah, it is such all a right. good episode. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm also going to give it five. Um, I'm going to give it five out of five. Um, dubiously defined antipsychotics. I thought you were gonna um, say five out of five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but <laughs> uh, also that yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This is my show; <laughs> I can do whatever I want. I said that it's too. Just so good, and you know, it's funny. I was thinking about like scoring of this episode before I started watching it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's like a four four point five epi- episode. And yeah, as I was watching, I was like. Fuck that! This is a five. Like this episode. Yeah, I is was thinking up there. I was
0: thinking going in like I'm really feeling a five for this episode. And then just the more we've talked about it, the more it kind of solidified my rating. But yeah, this yeah. this episode's great. Um, it's just fantastic. It's and I hate that it just kind of gets lost in the mix sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is one that I need to remember. Uh, Anytime I want to go back and watch some of my favorite episodes.
1: Agreed. All right. Um, do you... So I I have a drinking game for this episode. Uh, my drinking game is... Um, take a drink anytime the patriarchy.
0: <laughs> I was going to say... Uh, take a drink anytime you get bored watching those crystals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do like... There is a line that, uh, that we didn't mention where Buffy is like... Um, Giles explains that whatever crystal he has is like for cleaning your aura the amethyst. and he's like how do, I, how do I know if my aura is dirty <laughs> that's <laughs> a good lie um, cool Any? do you have any other um, any other thoughts about about Helpless in particular
0: not really just that um, this obviously the ramifications of this will be felt for a while because mm-hmm. this is when the Watcher's Council really comes into play and the uh, big thing is that I would feel a little, and I'm sure Buffy and Giles feel a little worried about it too, that this is kind of the only organization, the only group of people out there that are supposed to be helping them in their fight, and they don't trust them. And yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, but we have to ask ourselves, who's going to be the new Watcher? What's Ooh, Giles yeah, oh, going to do um in the meantime and uh what exactly is xander going to be up to next week
1: (laughs) well i think that i'm
0: honestly like
1: never going to wonder that (laughs) (laughs) i do think that takes us that is a good segue into our outro um so thank you for joining us on booze and buffy i i have a I always have a good time, but I had a really good time with this episode. I think this even is, technical difficulties aside, <laughs> technical difficulties aside, this is probably one of my favorite discussions I think we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and, and there was just so much stuff that I, like, I was even realizing stuff as we were talking. So, um, I hope uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as, as I did. Um, but, uh, we will be back next week with, the zeppo which should be a very interesting conversation Um... yeah i'm not gonna
0: lie i I know exactly what this episode's about but i haven't watched it in a really long time so i don't know like what's gonna happen (laughs) this will be interesting
1: (laughs) it'll be interesting um yeah uh i am
0: jason you can find me on twitter at yami jay y-a-m-i-j-a-y and on Instagram at yummyj
1: 357 mm-hmm. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. And on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Uh, if you have any interest in hearing my thoughts about horror films, you can also check out my blog, Horror by Harrison, at blogspot.com. I just dropped my review for the film uh, Alice, Sweet Alice. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> and uh, you can find us
0: on facebook instagram and twitter at booze and buffy uh the and is spelled out or you can email us at booze at gmail.com again the and is spelled out mm-hmm.
1: yes please reach out uh you can also find us on youtube where we will release a short video with each episode we will be discussing spoilers that we cannot talk about on the podcast also please don't forget to subscribe And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And uh, each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting Parent Child Plus. Parent Child Plus uses education to break down the cycle of poverty for low income families. They engage early in life with and help toddlers, their parents, and their family child care providers access a path to possibility. Visit Parentchildplus org for more information and that plus in the actual name of the of the nonprofit it's a plus sign, but the web sp- the website is spelled out
1: parentchildplus.org. hmm Alright. And as always, go slay. And be gay. And finger a duck.
0: <laughs> Still funny. <laughs> oh my God. So
1: Jason and I had a very long conversation with a couple friends of ours about duck fingering after (laughs) our last episode. Uh, And that ended with someone Googling do do ducks have a cloaca? So, you know. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Bye.